Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Hassia Abdul Salam for Female Startup Club. Hi, hello, welcome back to the Female Startup Club podcast. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. I'm really excited to be sharing this episode with you today. It's with Hassia Abdul Salam, and she's the founder of a company called The Renatural and the inventor of her first patented product, The Wig Fix. It's a product that's used by anyone who wears wigs, and it's been a total game changer for so many women and men around the world, 77,000 to be precise. Hassia talks through her scrappy approach to marketing and finding her first thousand customers, the process to patenting a new product, and her experience with raising capital. Now, if you haven't heard me mention the new thing that's coming, I am shouting about this every single episode until we launch. So make sure you go to femalestartupclub.com forward slash waitlist to pop your name there. I've been working on this for such a long time and it's literally for anyone and everyone, whether you're in the nine to five, whether you've got a side hustle or whether you're in full-blown startup founder mode. I am so close to announcing what's up and I really want to see you there. So go pop your name down to femalestartupclub.com forward slash waitlist. Alrighty, let's get into this episode. This is Hassia for Female Startup Club. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hesaya, hi, welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to you today about your business. We were just saying before we press record that I met this guy in London at a speech I was giving or a talk I was giving, and he was raving about you and raving about your company and said, I absolutely needed to have you on the show. And now here we are. So I'm very excited to get the lowdown. Do you want to give me a bit of an introduction to who you are and what your business is? Yeah, of course. So I'm Hafia, the founder of The Renatural. Um, London uh, born, uh, but I was raised in Ireland as well. And that kind of ties into the business. Um, I was literally turned away from hair salons. I lived in a really rural part of Ireland at the time. So um, as you can understand, it's quite like homogenous. And then uh, I got really into YouTube, beauty, DIY, and that kind of stemmed my passion for like, first of all, building things from scratch because they were just unobtainable to me at the time. And then beauty and hair. Um, yeah, fast forward to university. I wrote my dissertation about the wig industry, as you do. And uh, yeah, absolutely became obsessed with the white space in this uh, industry. Yeah, I wanted to build like a product uh, around what I found. And I realized how expensive that was and how little money that I had after graduating. So um, I called what I had. I sold my previous business, which is a sustainable clothing line, uh, to invest into the R&D for the product called the Wig Fix, which is what I built the Renatural around now. So that's like a quick synopsis. Oh, my gosh. So many things to unpack here. Let's rewind. I want to go back to 
when you were kind of exploring the wig industry and you started to have light bulb moments around what your business could look like, how did you kind of land on the wig fix? And for those who might not know yet, do you want to explain what it is? Of course. So the wig fix is the world's first silicone wig grip. So it's actually the only way to secure your wig that doesn't contribute to traction alopecia over time. Think of it as a wig glue replacement or um, it reduces the need for wig glues, clips, cones and tape. That's so cool. And so when you were going through the research process and kind of like exploring this industry, how were you thinking about what the product was going to be? And like, how did you land on this as an idea? Right. So I think it's, uh, I kind of did the reductive method. So I had this big grand idea of a revolutionary new type of wig that um, was comfortable and really seamless. Um, And then I kind of like drew back and just keep drawing back to like what I could actually solve. So one thing that I landed on was security, which was like an imminent issue. And I was like, I can build something around this. It's like smaller, attainable. And then I can like build on this as the business continues to grow. Um, and then I see there was a guy on Reddit who has this thread about how to build things when you have no resources. And then he has this method where you sit in a room and then you build whatever um, you're conceptualizing with the materials in the room. So I was like hot gluing all these random things together. And I guess that's like my first prototype, a very early uh unusable prototype but (laughs) it actually works in some capacity and then it gives you an idea a visual process of okay I can look at this and then this needs to change this needs to be thinner this needs to be a different color so it helps you it helps you like have a starting point and I think that's like a I mean a random guy on reddit but it was a great message for me and yeah uh, what I'm going to use going forward yeah that's actually so interesting that's never come up on the show before I've never heard that method and it makes so much sense to just start at home and start by making something so that you have a point of reference as you were kind of you obviously developed this first thing at home in your house what happens then? Like, how do you get started? How do you get from that thing in the house to, you know, this amazing product that's ready to sell? Uh, Right. So um, you have the product and then you have all of the different design changes and materials that you think uh, would work for the product. And then I went to uh, talk to a silicone expert because I knew it had to be based around silicone. Silicone has incredible medical properties. It's used for like burn victims. It's used to stimulate new hair growth. So I knew I wanted medical grade silicone to be a massive component of the wig fix. So speaking to him, I got like, um, this is going to be like the texture, the density, the short hardness, uh, the thinness of the silicone and the type of silicone and the color. And then um, I sketched out like a piece. I taught myself how to make a CAD online. And then um, I actually used my friend at the time to use his 3D printing credits at this printing house in London. So we actually 3D printed the first uh, wig fix. But it was like extremely hard. It was just like a solid model. And then I had that, took pictures of that, found a, um, it was actually a medical manufacturer in Germany. And they were like, uh, so they make units for hospitals and stuff. And then I came to them with this concept and they were just like, what? But um, okay, sure. Um, yeah. And then they made the first sample of the wig fix. And uh, yeah, it was like giving birth when I got it in the post. But yeah. <laughs> And did you need to do any more iterations from that? Or the first one was like the one? Oh my God. Yeah. There were, there were like four different iterations needed to be thinner, shorter, um, a different uh, length, more stretchy. And then like four times uh, back and forth with sampling, uh, we got the final product. 
Oh my gosh. And as you were going through that R&D process, what were the people around you saying? Were you telling people already or were you kind of like keeping it under the radar? What was the communication at that point? Uh, so my previous business was actually going pretty well. Um, and then kind of uh, selling that to start this was not popular with my friends and family, I guess, um, because they were just like, what is this random wig concept? Um, the wig market is very fragmented and people greatly underestimate how big it is. Um, actually, 23% of the world now wears some kind of hair extension piece. Uh, the wig market uh, is over 230 million people now that wear full unit wigs uh, frequently. So it's much bigger than people think it is. And it's growing. It's one of the fastest growing segments in beauty. Um, I knew that through my dissertation. But from the outside looking at it, it just seemed like a very random jump from studying geography, behavioral economics, having a sustainable clothing line. And then I'm starting this uh, wig business. So, uh, yeah, but it made sense in my head. So. That is so cool. I still want to kind of like stay around this early beginning phase and talk a bit about the money piece, because obviously you've gone through a patent. You had probably, I imagine, legal fees, setup costs, your first inventory order. It sounds like it required a lot of capital to get started. So the question is, how much did you need to get started and how were you thinking about funding in the beginning for the business overall? Were you thinking of bootstrapping or were you thinking of venture capital? Or what was your pathway? So um, I had that big grand wig idea. I first spoke to some angel investors that I knew and just some mentors. And honestly, the feedback was like, is this a medical or elderly play? And I'd be like, both, neither. Um, they really didn't get it. So yeah, I set out to kind of build what I could myself, build a community, build traction around it. And then I can like, expand into other way concepts that I think would um, take off. So uh, I knew I was going to bootstrap this from very early on. And that's why I kind of like uh, changed my focus from my previous brand to this company. Yeah. And I really like planned out uh, just, I gave myself seven months. So I had money uh, enough to like sustain my life, uh, to focus on this idea and to invest. I think it took about like 5,000 pounds for all of the printing, all of the design work, all of like the material experts and the sampling. And then I hacked a great deal with the manufacturer. So they actually used, um, it was such a small product and it was such a unique product that we bought like the, they have to buy the samples and you have to make the mold for the product. So they had the mold and they were just like, okay, we can send the first batch of inventory to you and you can pay us in the next 90 days. That rarely happened. Whoa. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> it never happened. Um, I, I sent them like all of the design work and told them it was like research-based and like uh, I kind of really hyped up the idea. Like if it takes off, uh, this would be great for you and me. Um, and uh, as for legal fees, legal fees are insane when it comes to patenting the product. So um, I took a route where uh, you could file a PCT. So PCT is basically a legal document saying um, you plan to file uh, a patent and it's giving you a window period of, I think, 12 to 18 months. So you can file a patent in any territory you want at that time. Um, so it just gives you a delay period. But then when you do get your utility patent granted, it backdates to that date. So you will be protected in that time if um you go through with the patent. So that's what I did initially. And that was a few thousand pounds as well, but it's much cheaper than a patent that can go upwards of 12 to like 20,000 pounds, honestly, if you go with like a reputable, like, yeah, legal firm. 
so yeah, those were like the starting costs around the, the wood first. Wow. What was the process to patent like? Was it difficult? Was it easy? Oh, that is really confusing. Uh, it's something that I never, I didn't have any experience with. And now, like, I feel like I can give IP advice and just, like, <laughs> actionable advice and, like, legal advice, honestly. Um, yeah, so just, like, the PC, uh, I went with Albright. I would totally recommend them. Um, I'm not sure if I can give names on this, but they were so great in just, like, explaining things. And I think, um, you know, you're working with someone amazing when there are no stupid questions. Like, I probably ask them basic and super questions and it's really patient they send like lots of documents on like reading materials and even videos sometimes so with the so I filed the PCT and then we went for the utility patent in the UK I think six months in because the Wix was doing pretty well at the time in those six months so yeah that's when we went for the utility patent and it does take like a year to actually be granted a utility patent and then you can file in other territories um the most popular being like the US and Hong Kong for like a beauty product. Wow, gosh. So it does take a really long time. <laughs> it does, it does, yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. I'd love to talk about your launch into market and what you were doing in the lead up to launch and how that first six months went. You obviously just said that it was doing really well. It was really exciting. So I'd love to dig into your marketing approach and how you were getting the word out there. Sure. Um, so I met up with, um, a founder that I used to work with for coffee. And then I told her about what I was building and she was like, she wanted to invest. So she's still my only angel investor and she's absolutely amazing. And it came up so serendipitously, is that the word? Yeah. So she invested 20,000 pounds and that really accelerated like the launch and the marketing towards that. Um, yeah, she doesn't know much about wigs, but I guess I couldn't like shut off about it. She was like, oh, here you go. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah. Um, so that really helped with like the marketing cost. But of course, I still had to be like scrappy. When you think about launching your products, of course, you have like the website. I mean, I was, I've been on Shopify since like the years at the time. So I could like build a website pretty easily for that. Um, product imagery, I was pretty good at that. I was like the photographer for my previous brand. Models, I had the connections for my previous brand. So I really do feel like my previous brand was like a boot camp for what I'm doing now. So I, yeah, so did all of that. And then um, with marketing, honestly, the first day, two of my best friends and my mom were like the only people to buy the product because like it was such a soft, uh, I guess, launch. And then within a week, I received an order from someone I didn't know. I remember her name so well, but I don't think I can say it because of GDPR, but I was so excited. I was like, I don't know her. She's from New York. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And at the time, people in the U.S. were paying um, $30 shipping for a $33 product. And then, yeah, as we started growing, I went to, like, drag shows in London. <laughs> and I would, like, ask uh, some of the performer friends That's that I so knew. That's cool. It's a great idea. Yeah, to kind of uh, talk about the product and, like, you know, do their performance with the product and give me, like, some promo on stage. And then after they would do that, I would like hand out little QR codes to the audience, like, oh yeah, you can buy it here, here's a 20% discount. So that got me, I think, like my first like hundred orders. Um, and then the next like big bulk of orders came from an Orthodox Jewish woman. Um I live I was from North London, so I was quite familiar with like how they used to wear wigs and shaitan market. And she ordered 150 for people like her and women in her community. And like that was awesome. So those are like my two like big like initial jumps. Um but yeah, within the first six months we hit um hundred K. So I was like super excited that like because I had no expectations, like none. This is like the most random thing I could have done. But yeah, that's how that happened. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on a second. That's so cool. So you're going to the drag shows. What else are you doing marketing wise? Like, are you posting on social media or are you just literally showing up at relevant events and handing out the QR codes? What else are you doing to kind of get in front of like, for example, the Jewish woman, like how did you get in front of her? How did she know about your product? So that was on a forum. Um, it's just called Shaytel. And like, I think that's a great play on words because it's like the Shaytel market. But um, yeah, <laughs> good pun. Um, yeah, so I posted about it there. Uh, I posted about it on a few like alopecia hair loss Reddit forums. And um, so the natural hair movement was like a bit more popular then. And people were wearing blueless wigs as like to leave their hair um, 
uh, to like a low maintenance hairstyle. So I was posting about it, like, this is a great way to secure your wig that induces natural hair growth underneath and secures it without any glues and stuff. So that really appealed to like a lot of different segments. So I was kind of posting a lot on forums and like YouTube videos. And then I reached out to a ton of influencers that I previously worked with for my other brand and they started to use the product. However, with influencers, it's like, I mean, gifting was more popular then. It's not as uh, rigid as it is now, but um, yeah, I think it needs, it was too good to be true for a lot of people in the market. The wig fix is actually the first um, wig related uh, patented product in over 55 years. So that just shows how like archaic the industry is. So when something new pops up, people are just like really skeptical. So it took a lot of like, easing into it and speaking to people about it um but definitely forums instagram real life events and then i just went to tell in like um facebook ad, uh facebook ads and uh, that was doing really well pinterest ads was doing really well as well uh we had like it was just a pretty product and it's not something you often see in the wig industry it can be really intimidating to look at huge bundles of hair or wigs with all these straps and stuff like that this is like a cute little pocket product um so yeah, those are like how I started out with um, marketing. Oh my gosh. In that early kind of time, because this all sounds so exciting and there's so many good things happening to you, did you hit any roadblocks or things that were unexpected, challenges, things that weren't so great? Yeah, so um, very early on, I realized the demand from the US was just like eclipsing everywhere else. So um, to ship uh, products in the U.S., they had to kind of pay $30 shipping. I mean, they would want it in like two days. Yeah, so it was kind of difficult for me to fulfill that. Um, so I had to find a 3PL quickly because, um, I mean, I obviously couldn't be in the U.S. Uh, so it, at the time, a lot of um, third-party fulfillment uh, centers weren't um, uh, multi-country. Like, they had like partners instead of, uh, the, uh, the company being in two countries so I eventually found one and uh, I didn't hit the minimum order quantities I think they wanted like 500 orders a month I think I was like 200 or something and then the company was barely like two months old so they were just like uh oh, you know come back in a year and see how well you done I was like no no I'm gonna lose out on all these American customers if I don't find um, an optimal shipping pathway so um yeah, I think I just like tested them enough into they started like a pre-order system. Um, so I was like, okay, can you give me two months and then I'm going to like hike up all these pre-orders and then you can mash it from the US within like two months time. And they never had like a pre-order process before, um, but they've done it for multiple companies since and it's like worked really well. So it's like, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, within two months, they actually shipped out 4,000 orders in a day their capacity is just like next level but yeah that was pretty insane um when we could launch uh they had a warehouse in Ohio so it was like one day uh shipping within the U.S. which was great and it was the 4,000 orders for the wig fix yeah what wait whoa that's crazy oh my gosh so obviously you've kind of realized at that point that you're seriously onto something that you've really tapped into a need in the market and a gap in the market. What what are you doing after that? Like, how do you kind of take that momentum and keep on adding fuel to the fire? Um, so I had like, I couldn't afford PR because of course I had to be really like uh, uh, resourceful. Um, so I have a like Google alerts 
uh, set up for like wig, wig making, wig stylist, and anyone from like major fashion or beauty magazines like Allure, Cosmopolitan, Vogue even, that wrote about wigs, I would send them like a PR kit. Uh, it's really easy to find like templates on online um, as the wig fix and what we were building and like really hit on the angles that they like. Oh, it's female founded. It's black female founded. It's uh, the IP part, um, the fact that it's helping the hair loss community and black women. So I would email them. And then we started getting a lot of just free press um, from like pretty high level magazines like Cosmopolitan, like the um, Stylecaster was one of the main ones as well. They were, there was like a surge in sales when they posted, which I'm like super grateful for. Um, yeah. So that led to a lot of like great opportunities and like PR with PR. How were you managing your kind of working capital at that point? Because it sounds like the brand was exploding. You would have been needing to place bigger orders. But I guess you had the relationship with your manufacturer where you could pay after the fact. Did you need to think about working capital? Were you needing to think about doing a raise or kind of like anything to scale the brand? I know you started to launch into retail and things like that. Or, or what was the kind of money piece at that point? And what year are we talking about at this point? Where are we in the timeline? So this was 2020. 2020. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so at the time, um, yeah, we had the really good like inventory or really unique, as I come to find like with other businesses, um, relationship with the manufacturer. Uh, so that was great in that we could like sell the inventory before we have to pay them almost. And then I shook up like lines of credit with just my bank just to have like a good overdraft system uh, that was favorable towards me. And then Shopify Capital is great. As soon as they see that you're growing, they start to like literally offer you every day. <laughs> um, so I knew I had like, uh, like, you know, if we had cash flow problems and this is like worst case scenario problems and um, they're also like great working capital uh, vehicles like Lendo and Swoop. I haven't personally used, but I have them on like my notes is like, you know, these are the people I would go to if um, I needed working capital at the time. But we were growing like just really effectively. I, it was pretty much myself, freelancers, one marketing person, and then the 3PL, which is like running it. Um, so it was pretty lean. Um, wow. So. That is so amazing. And like, so we're at 2020. If you had to distill the kind of key pivotal moments that take you from 2020 to today. I know you've sold something crazy, like 75,000 of the wig fix. How do you go from 2020 to here? What are your kind of key moments, good or bad? I think some pivotal moments where the influencers started to actually um, believe <laughs> and post about it um, in people. Uh, so, there were like really, really big influences that we couldn't afford to like uh, have a collaboration with, but they would like uh, be doing get ready with me and like um, wearing the wig fix and then their wig in the videos. And then people would be like, oh, what's that thing on your head? What are you wearing? What is it? And I would, I was, I would stay up until like 5 a.m. responding to all of the comments in the wig fix account. Like, this is a wig fix. It does all of this. Therenatural.com. Here's a 10% discount on like, hundreds of comments me and the other marketing we probably answered over a thousand comments on youtube through that and then we had a collaboration with patricia bright and i think that was like our first big 
collaboration. And that was like a huge surge in sales. That was amazing. And she was so great to work with. And after that, I think other influencers saw, okay, a huge like influencers kind of co-signed this. And a lot of people started reaching out to us to work with us. And that was great. And then we had, we built like our affiliate system as well, which I really feel like we should have done earlier. And honestly, with the affiliates, I feel like the wig market is really unique in that it really depends on word of mouth because it's just so hard to navigate. You don't know what's good. You don't know what's real. You don't know where anything is coming from. And that's just how it's always been. It's not going to be like that um, if I have any uh, ways, but like if, uh, with the affiliates, one that I remember, which uh, was so nice to see, was it was a Facebook group. I'm not going to be like super specific, but it was like Christian women in Wichita, Texas, or something like that with hair loss. Uh, it was like a Facebook group with like religion and some state uh, or some town in uh, the US. And um, she became an affiliate. She has 300 Instagram followers. And she requested to become an affiliate. She's in this group and she really likes the product. And she made like this 16 minute video. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like she had like a deep Southern accent. And I was like, oh, it feels like, yeah. Um, and literally like uh, the product is being used by someone that like I have probably pretty little in common with them that than the fact that we wear wigs. And um, in two months, she has sold over 460 through her link. Yeah. Whoa. yeah, through the Facebook group, through her church, and through um, her Instagram, which is insane. And I just think with, like, micro-influencers, like, I mean, everyone knows now how um, incredible they can be uh, in promoting brands in a really authentic way. And that is just, I would never forget that because that was just, like, so incredible in that, like, her reach, you know. But when people really trust you and believe um, in what you're selling and it can also benefit them it can be like incredible so yeah she obviously came to you but did that impact the way that you go out and look for affiliates like did that mean that you kind of started to look for other people like her that you could invite to be an affiliate um yeah so I think like through her we um it was like a blog post about her and more people and just like the general health community were reaching out um a lot of like influences uh, in that space and like the black hair space and the drag space were like um, reaching out as well. And they all had like varied results. But I think that in the hair loss community, especially, um, there's not a lot of products and businesses that cater for them in a really authentic way. So they rely on themselves, especially online. You can like, uh, there are lots of like deep online communities and like, it's great to see that they're like supporting each other. But when someone really uh, recommends a product to them, it's like really trusted. And I think that's like next level, especially in like that health community. Um, yeah. I read that you expanded into retail in the U S into hundreds of stores. What was that like? <laughs> you talk about cash flow. So, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> Um, I think going into retail is uh, something I've never experienced on that before. In my previous brand, we were like in a couple of top shop uh, stores, but that was literally like two or three. Um, with this, it was launching into 600 JC Penny stores. Um, and it was like a couple of POs that like with quantities that I haven't dealt with before. And um, it's a learning process. Like they're just being distributed to like the last few stores right now. 
and I'm like I can finally breathe again <laughs> but it is uh it can be like super stressful like e-commerce and retail are just so vastly different um in the way that they like operate and just like with margins and stuff like that but I have an incredible um like buyer partner um they're really incredible ones I think uh at it landing international um that can like help your brand and like help you navigate the space and they've been like an incredible partner um there's also one that slipped on like 13 loon as well uh that's a pretty new one and they first helped with like just getting me in the door which was uh amazing um so yeah they can really help with just ask questions there's no such thing as a dumb question and even if you feel like you come across like oh you're being silly or dumb like I literally don't care at this point you have to be shameless in order to like grow so yeah when you kind of got that account that you would land into 600 stores what since then what are the things that you're kind of your key learnings that you could pass on to other founders who are earlier on in that journey but looking for that kind of key distribution partner I would say make the timeline and like the payment terms always work for you like nothing is ever set in stone like I don't think anything has a set price um can be like problematic to say but like um just always like negotiate in any way that you can uh that benefits you and the brand um uh make sure like you have uh, enough cash flow sometimes retailers like take ages to pay like even if it's like 60 day or uh not a situation that I'm in but like I've just like been cautious with that um and if you have really like short uh windows uh that can like literally destroy your brand if you have thousands of units on the line or something especially if you're self-funding it um yeah make sure your margins like make sense um some people don't want to get into retail because like they slash in their margins but you know uh just really uh assess your assess your customer acquisition costs and see like if it makes sense in that way because it can go to facebook or retail you know in some in some instances so um yeah definitely cash flow negotiate um you know, earlier you were saying like when you were just getting started, it was pretty much just you and some freelancers and your marketing person. What does your team look like now? I mean, going into 600 retail stores, booming D2C business, it seems like there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still like pretty early and it's still like less than three full-time people. And then uh, we still have freelancers that we work with and then we still have the fulfillment um, partners and still the same partners. We've really grown with them. Um, yeah, so the team is still pretty uh, lean um, as of we're actually developing like our product roadmap right now with new products, um, new inventions coming, which is like where I thrive. So it's been like a great uh, time for me. And that's going to be like an interesting journey moving forward in the next few months. Is there so, anything yeah. you can share? That was my next question around product expansion and the future. Um, just that I'm actually like, I have an actionable plan now. It always started off with that big grand wig idea. And it's like full circle. I like going back to that, but as much as I can share. So, yeah. I am so excited. That sounds amazing. What is your key piece of advice for founders who are just getting started? I would say don't uh, just make sure you have like your budget, cash flow, forecasts um, in place. Um, I wish I discovered like Finmark. It's like this uh, 
forecasting platform. I wish I discovered it sooner because it just, I don't know, it's colorful <laughs> and really easy to like visualize. Um, they have like the saying that cash flow is literally like a story just in numbers. It's like, oh, you're going to work with this influencer so it like increases this month. But yeah, I don't know why that just really helps you with like forecasting and uh, management. Um, uh, one key piece of advice is that any expert that you're working with, legal, accounting, um, buyers, there's like no stupid questions. And if you're ever made to feel like you're asking a stupid question, then like, they're not a good person to work with. Um, yeah, I wish I took, I wish I like heard that um, earlier on. And then, yeah, just if you have an idea and you you have actionable plans behind it, don't let anyone tell you that it's like stupid or it's not going to work. Like I think I internalized that a lot at the start and I was like, almost maybe defensive in a way. Um, and you like don't want to do that. I mean, cause you're, potentially building something great and yeah just if you have an actionable plan um I have to like embolden that because if there's no plan there's no business so yeah gosh that is so many great pieces of advice there I'm going to check out Finmark was it yeah Finmark Finmark ASAP that sounds really really cool and yeah powerful advice around you know, if someone makes you feel stupid for asking a question, they're not the right person for you. Because I think you can get in that trap of feeling shy or like your question isn't valid and every question is valid. I'm so on board with that piece of advice. Thank you so much for sharing. At the end of every episode, we ask a series of six quick questions, some of which we might have asked, some of which might not have, but I ask them all the same. So question number one is, what's your why? Why are you doing this every day? I feel like in beauty, there's so much research and development that happens with new products. There's always a new product, new formula, new kind of packaging. And the wig industry gets none of that. And it's super archaic. We're literally wearing wigs that were invented for King Louis the Sixteenth to hide his syphilis-induced hair loss. The same wigs, same exact wigs. And they don't work for the customer today. And I just feel like there's incredible white space in the market that I can build great products for. So, oh my yeah. gosh. So cool. So exciting. Question number two is what has been your favorite marketing moment so far? Seeing when Kimmy Kimball, which is like Beyonce's wig stylist, we wrote a blog post about her and she put it on her story and was like, sent me a really long message. I'm like, you're doing so well. I'm so proud of you. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, Whoa. She's like incredible. Yeah. That is so cool. Gosh, love that for you. Question number three is what's your go-to business resource when it comes to like a podcast or a newsletter or a book? I'm currently reading a book uh, for the second time called Burnery by Andy Dunn. I think it's like such a great book. Um, Favorite podcast. Uh, This Week in Startups has like really golden nuggets of advice sometimes. Um, I'm currently reading um, How to Build a Goddamn Empire by Ali Craig. Uh, she's founder of Bulletin. Um, yeah, currently, yeah, it's great. I love it when people are super vulnerable and transparent with their like journeys. Ali's amazing. We've had her on the show. Love her journey. Yeah. So happy to see her <laughs> business be acquired recently. Very cool. Question number four is how do you win the day? What are your AM or PM habits and rituals that keep you feeling happy and successful and motivated? Um, I like slow mornings, so I get up earlier and I've been like so happy and like more productive ever since. Um, I don't like intense like mornings, I like like an hour just to 
will come and do nothing basically. Um, and yeah, this is a common one, but like the gratitude, uh, just writing two, three things down a day that you're grateful for. And um, at the end of the day, three wins, no matter how simple they are, uh, that's been helpful as well. I'm not consistent, but I'm trying. <laughs> I love that. That's really cool. Question number five is what is the worst money mistake you've made in business and how much did it cost you? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> probably um, with accounting. So we sold so much to the US that I was paying like VAT on those orders and I really shouldn't have been um, like, cause you don't need to pay VAT on your US orders. So I was technically overpaying. Um, and that cost like a few tens of thousand pounds that I got refunded, but that was a chokehold to say the least. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy one. Yeah. Glad you got it refunded though. <laughs> Thanks. Thank God. <laughs> and last question, question number six is what is just a crazy story, good or bad from this journey of building a business? I would say like two weeks ago, I was like, um, <laughs> at a club <laughs> I'm in New York for the first uh the first time like as a legal adult anyway and um a girl was like in the bathroom and she was like adjusting her wig and then I saw the wig fix and I was like oh my god and then we had like a whole conversation and then the entire like bathroom got in the conversation of you should do this and invent this and we need this these changes and in my head I was like on my notes app on my phone like doing a little focus group in bathroom of <laughs> random nightclub but yeah that is so cool you um uh, get the information any way you can so yeah that was fun wow gosh I love that that's amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so fun funny. wow the world is so wild that's cool yeah for sure this was so cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey. I'm so excited for you and I'm so excited to see the new products that you're coming out with. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mm-hmm.